Episode 297, Bonus Edition, Interview with Laura Williams. Hey y'all, welcome to the Empowering Educators Podcast. I am Gretchen, your host and expert lesson learner. I'm a national board certified elementary teacher turned teacher, trainer, and coach. All the lessons I've learned and am learning on my edgy journey, I share with you right here. From every silly mistake to the most glorious successes, you're going to hear stories and strategies that will inspire you to become your best. I have to warn you, as an educator, I can't help but hold you accountable for doing the work. So every episode, I leave you with practical, tangible next steps so you can implement your learning and maximize your impact. Whether you're teaching a lesson or learning one yourself, there's always a lesson if you're willing to pay close attention. Elite educators, that's the secret to staying empowered. Bring on today's lesson. Welcome to the Always a Lesson summer interview series. I've asked some very special guests to bring their wisdom to you all throughout May, June, July, and August. Connecting you with other elite educators is one of my favorite parts of this job as a teacher leader and podcaster. The insight that you are going to gain from these conversations is going to prepare you to hit the ground running during the back-to-school season, but more importantly, it is going to reignite your passion and your potential as an educator. Are you ready to level up what you bring to the table and how you serve those you lead? Then buckle up and let's go. Hey, y'all. I hope you're loving the summer series. Today's episode is going to be another great one. I'm going to introduce you to another elite educator who is doing fabulous, the most amazing things in our field. And I geeked out when I saw her on social media, on Twitter specifically, and I was like, I have got to know more about what she's doing at her passion behind it and share it all with you. So before we jump into the episode, let me introduce you to Laura. So Laura Williams is your resident authentic learning expert, co-facilitates the Iowa Authentic Learning Network for the Iowa AEAs, and is the founder of the Authentic Learning Alliance. She is also a project manager on a statewide project board for PK through 12 students across Iowa as part of her AEA role. And her educational background includes a BA in interdepartmental health studies with an emphasis on multidisciplinary sciences and secondary math education. She's got her master's and then principal licensure in ed leadership and policy studies. And if that's not enough, she's currently a doctoral student. She also, over the past 10 years, dedicated herself to transforming education through incorporating authentic learning experiences with area partnerships into a PK through 12 classroom as an educator, as a consultant, and a 21st century learning specialist. She believes that education can be the great equalizer if we can leverage our students' interests and passions. And here she goes to quote, we have about six and a half instructional hours a day. And she believes that that is the difference that if we dedicate the time and the space and the connections to up the ante for students, that you can help each learner find their superpower and help them develop 21st century skills to be successful both in living learning well and third working (laughs) so we can help students develop this mindset that they can be and do whatever they want in order to find their greatest human potential and live in their element 
So she's amazing. She's well accomplished and knowledgeable and passionate, giving back to all grade levels, which is really cool. I love her story and I'm going to share it with you now. Hey, Laura, thanks for being a guest here on the Empowering Educators podcast. Hi, Gretchen. Thanks for having me. Yes, of course. I always like to start and explain how our paths crossed. And I came across you on Twitter and it caught my attention because one, you post often and I like when people do that. It means that you truly are engaged and every post of yours is so empowering and inspiring and just a good reminder of some of the basic humanity qualities that actually can make us better professionally. And so I started liking or retweeting. I'm like, man, every day she's coming with some great content. And then I was kind of following you on your journey as you go and visit and do PD and present and speak. I'm like this wonderful human. I cannot wait to hear more about her. So I'm excited. (laughs) We finally got together to talk. Yeah. Twitter's been great. Like meeting some amazing educators, change agents out there. It's almost like I have to keep coming back because I want to know, you know, like what we're all doing and like also sharing. It's a great, it's a great platform for sharing if you're in the right algorithm, right? Like if you're getting the right (laughs) posts for sure. Well, I know a lot of educators out there aren't a fan of Twitter, which for me is crazy because that's where I found some of the people that have become my mentors or my PLN because they are truly trying to make education better. And I thrive in that but I realized Twitter's not as visually stimulating as maybe Instagram or Facebook. And so it's hard to get educators to want to buy into that. So what got you hooked on Twitter? Oh yeah, that's a good point. Well, I mean, I think I, I don't know, I guess I'm kind of an early adopter. I wouldn't say I was like as active as I am now. Um, I started, you know, when I was a teacher in the classroom, I used it to kind of showcase exciting things happening or um, especially like, when you do something innovative or you're like, this is really cool. I want to share this because maybe it'll inspire others. Like I remember we got to see moon rocks in my science class and we had a representative that, you know, like with NASA, like we like tweeting that kind of stuff out is really cool. And um, the excitement and the buzz. So like sharing the positivity was what I really liked about it. Um, It gave me a platform, you know, because I think this uh, this is kind of hard to say, but at times you feel as a teacher, it's kind of a in a way, a thankless job in, in, in essence, like nobody sees all the back end stuff. No one sees all the hard work that you put in the smiles on your kids' faces are your thank yous. The, the aha moments and the, um, the joy that you have every day in the classroom is like why you keep coming back. But I think there's a lot of like nuance there that if you're not an educator, you don't really know. And so sometimes just having a, an outlet for that, like sharing and and talking to other educators that are just as passionate as you is like provocative. So I think that's where I started with Twitter, but now it's like almost therapeutic to like, it's like my journal, like every day, you know, having just kind of like what I'm thinking about. I work with people every day. And so it's, it really is a people endeavor and, and, and there are so many people on Twitter. And so you know, like I said, I've, I think I've found a good niche on Twitter and I know that, you you know, the algorithm and like, there's not, there's all sorts of stuff on Twitter, as you will see, as you know, mm-hmm. but like following and liking the educators that are posting cool things, doing inspirational things. I want to be that cheerleader because I know that it means something to those educators that are like, Hey, look what I did with my kids today. And yeah, I don't know. I just think it's a good, you said PLN. I, I absolutely agree. I think this is a great network keeps you going, right? Totally. To find people who are 
interested in something similar, but have a unique perspective or way of doing it pushes your thinking and you're growing without feeling like you're growing. You're not sitting in a boring PD session. You're just engaging, you're talking, you're swapping ideas. You're like, oh my God, this person in this other state way over here is doing this really cool thing. Like, let me learn more about that. And it's just been one of my favorite tools. So I'm, I love watching you. It's like daily affirmations of your tweets. I'm like, (laughs) oh, I needed to hear that today. Oh, thank you. No, that makes me feel so good. Sometimes like, like I work in Iowa and, and every now and again, I'll, an Iowa educator will know, like say something about those morning tweets. And they're like, oh, you're the Twitter girl. I'm like, oh, <laughs> bless your heart. Like, well, cause like, I think that's what I, you know, you want to connect with people and like build them up. And that's what I think I'm trying to do with them anyway. You're doing a great job. So you mentioned being a teacher. Will you walk us through your journey, where you started, like what grades did you teach? And then where did you kind of, how did you get to where you are now? Yeah. Um, well, I think, you know, I, I feel like a lot of educators might say this. Well, I didn't always want to become an educator. It just kind of <laughs> happened. Um, I, my, so I was exposed to education. My family, I'm from a family of educators. My dad was a principal growing up and my mom was a math and science teacher, but then she turned consultant later on. And so like they say, apples don't fall far from trees. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried, I tried very hard not to though. I, um, I actually <laughs> didn't, I didn't go into education. I, um, went into health sciences and in my, I guess, college journey, you know, it's funny. Like you just, you don't know until you know, like you, you don't know until you get there. I, really didn't like the hospital scene. Like it was very sterile and I don't know, I just, it wasn't my place. So when I did my volunteer experiences and like trying to figure out like, Oh, what do I want to do in healthcare? Um, it wasn't for me. And so I ended up working at the hospital's patients library. So like, um, for your, like when you go like for pre-med, they want you to volunteer. And so I just didn't, none of the, none of the spots really resonated with me except for the patient's library and, you know, working on laptops and like helping people use the resources there at the, um, the library. And I thought that was looking back, you're like, oh, that's funny. Like (laughs) I couldn't get away from it. Right. Like, I know you just have it built in. You're, you're (laughs) pre-wired. Yes. Pre-wired. And that's, I think that's okay. I think like understanding and that's the, that's the big aha for me, like knowing that your experiences as a young person do lead you to things later on in life. And I think that's why I'm so passionate about creating opportunities and experiences for kids at a younger age. So they know what's out there mm-hmm. um, so that they're not, you know, I'm blessed to have like parents that were educators, you know, it could have been worse in essence, like maybe they didn't, they didn't have a job or they, you know, struggled. And so I think that's kind of where I see how do we get kids that maybe don't have mentors or, you know, people that are showing them different career pathways. Like how do we show them that at a younger age? And so, um, I digress a little bit. That was a tangent, but so, yeah, so I, you know, learned by doing health, healthcare wasn't for me. And I, you know, I was like, okay, I invested all this time into like all these science classes. Um, and so I thought, well, maybe I'll go like conservation biology. Like that seems that seems important. Let's do something good. And so that kind of path change led me to, um, Costa Rica, which is kind of oh cool. Oh my gosh. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of a free soul independent. Um, I ended up studying abroad there and, you know, d- taking a lot of conservation classes and where, what better place to do it than a 
than a, you know, like a, a jungle essentially, yeah. uh, learning about biodiversity, seeing all the biodiversity. And, um, I really liked it, but I ended up, so I loved living there. I love the people. I love the culture. It was so new to me being from Iowa of, you know, rural, yeah, true. <laughs> rural Iowa. My like eyes were big, like where culture shock, culture shock. Yes. And, um, fell in love with it. Ended up moving there for about three years. And wow. I needless to say, I couldn't find a job with my bachelor's degree in, and conservation and by like, I couldn't find a biology job. I couldn't find, I mean, it's really limited and, and you really have to have a network. And mm-hmm. that's what I've, you know, that's what I learned. Like, wow, this is harder than I thought. Right. Like, mm-hmm. um, and so I ended up babysitting a year, like just to have a job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, then, you know, through word of mouth and connections, I ended up got getting a job at a bilingual school teaching. And that was, amazing opportunity for me to see like, okay, this is really, this is meant to be as much as I was like running from it. (laughs) Um, I loved it. I loved it so much. Um, that first year was super hard. I didn't know what, I didn't know like the nuances of teaching and I actually had several. (laughs) So I had third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, a seventh slash eighth grade, and then a ninth grade class. So I got the gamut. Like how? If you didn't know, like, oh, am I an elementary teacher? Am I a middle school teacher? Am I a high school teacher? Well, try them all at once. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And see what you think. And I, I really love middle school. I like diehard middle school teacher for sure. I like secondary. You're a special breed. (laughs) I know. Everyone (laughs) says that. Well, they're just so, it's like such a messy, like fun, Mm -hmm. dramatic, Mm -hmm. like time in your life. Cause you're kind of understanding things, but not really. And like, I don't know, I just loved it and had a lot of fun with it. And I thought, you know, I better go back and like formally get trained because I definitely made a lot of mistakes that first year. Um, you know, try like trying what you think will work, yep. <laughs> like, like token society, like I will get you to behave because exactly <laughs> I, will pay, I will pay you to behave. <laughs> But yeah, so went back to school, went back to moved back to Iowa, got my master's in teaching, and um, went to a. I went middle school, got my middle school teaching job, and was there for a couple years. And what I found there is that, you know, when you're a yes person and you're a go getter and you do things, opportunities just come your way. Uh-huh. And so our state at the time had this um, st- uh, STEM initiative, and so they put out this grant for redesign learning spaces. And I was like, yes, I want that. And at the time, like only high schools were applying. And so I was like, let's like, you know, me and my, the, you know, other teachers and administrators were like, let's go for it. And so we put together our application and, um, our school is allotted the award. And so, yeah, it was like, it was a $50,000 match grant. And so I got to be part of that team to like, Let's redesign what a middle school classroom could look like. And, you know, at the time, you know, hot off of like grad school, like, oh, we're doing project-based learning. We're doing standards-based learning. We're doing like all these good things. We're going to be student-centered, 4Cs, 21st century. Like that was the mission and vision. And so created that redesigned space, you know, really um, a collaborative environment, a visual environment uh, to engage kids in in project-based learning. And so I think that right there opened up so many opportunities for me because it was new and like people want to see what you're doing. And so that grew my network. 
and connections. And, you know, when you go out and share like about what you're doing, you know, people are like, oh, that's awesome. And so um, that kind of led me to my consulting job at the area education agency. Um, so then they actually created a new role for me called a oh, 20, nice. yeah, 21st century learning specialist. And so uh, my job was to go and help schools to redesign learning environments and not only the physical space. I mean, that's where it started. I think that's where people were like, oh, shiny new classroom. Like, how do we exactly what, what should it have? But I was more about, well, how do we shift the way we do school? Like, how mm-hmm. do we get more of these experiences? Like, yes, we need the tools. Yes, we need the tech. Yes, we need the space to be able to do these modern, you know, experiences. And so um, that kind of led me to learning more about Agile and Scrum. So (laughs) that was then that in itself opened up some doors of like project management and, you know, teaching teachers an authentic project management framework to incorporate with their students to really help develop and grow those 21st century skills. And in Iowa, I don't know if this is the same in all, you know, I feel like it's the push in all the states, at least people I've talked to, you know, the 21st century skills, uh, metacognition, collaboration, critical thinking, creativity, all those things, like that's a push. Um, And how do we get those embedded into our general education programming? Yes. And I just feel like, oh my gosh, agile classrooms is the way to do that because teachers have so much on their plate. This is a way to like navigate it all and, and really personalize the experience for students. And so that's really trending right now. And I spend a lot of my work doing professional learning around it um, to operationalize, you know, authentic projects with area partnerships. So trying to get more real authentic, you know, projects instead of those, you know, hypotheticals, like trying to get kids doing real work to make a real impact, I think is is kind of where I'm at now. And so I, I guess my, like my banner, if you will, is like that I carry around with me is like, how can we make learning more authentic and meaningful? And here's some amazing resources, tools, um, protocols, um, that are agile to help you do that. And it's been really fun. It <laughs> sounds so amazing. Fun. It's like a dream job and it's, it's doing yeah. such good things for students and teachers, right? Yes. Yep. And I'm, I'm so glad that like the path led me here and I, I think it was always there. I just think all the pieces kind of had to come together for me to see it. Well, you, and you had to be ready. And that's the piece. Yes. You weren't quite ready. You were fighting the grain a little bit. And then <laughs> yeah. you fell in love with science. And then you came into education. And then you're birthing these two things together, which is basically innovation in itself. Oh. And now you're in like the best role to use all your talents that you've kind of gathered along the way. Yeah, that's yeah, I think that's a good way of looking at it. And now I feel like I'm in that refining, like, how do I do it better? You know, right. Like I'm here, I'm I'm where I'm supposed to be, but how do I do it better? I love that. So when you look back on your journey, was there a lesson that stands out to you that really catapulted things or that you're like, okay, I learned this and I need to make sure I keep that top of mind as I navigate whatever my future chapters are? You know, it's, it's not one that's like surprising. I I don't feel like, because I feel like people hear it all the time, but um, relationships matter. 100% relationships matter. And I think no matter what, what field you're in, what role you have, you know, people want to feel like they 
they matter, they value, and they contribute. And so when you're trying to move, <laughs> move mountains, I think shining a light on people's strengths and building that sort of like team mentality, mm-hmm. like, Hey, we all have superpowers. I think that has been so effective for me in this work. Like it's kind of that all in mindset, but just treating people good, you know, I, ki- treating kids like people, right? Like real adults, like treating people with respect and, and, and holding them up and shining a light on what they, um, like on their potential, I think is really important. And so I think that has served me well, um, is really, I guess my mantra, like even when I was in the classroom was be a motivator. I even had a poster that, that said, be a motivator. So when kids were arguing, I would say, Hey, are you being a motivator? No, I love <laughs> like, that. Like, no, they, no, they weren't. And like, the best thing is if you keep, if you keep that at the forefront, always like whatever it is, like be a motivator or relationships first or kindness or like whatever that thing is, that's easy for you to say and think about and, and tie things to it does spread. Like kids would then be saying, Hey, be a motivator. Like <laughs> they were also like little motivators, right? Yeah, It's accountability. Yes, exactly. Hey y'all popping in here real quick to remind you, if you are loving the podcast, hop on over to iTunes to leave a star rating and type in a few words for the review. This helps other educators find the show so they too can be empowered. Lots of love and thanks. Now back to the show. And so you were talking about superpowers. So as you're working with all these different kinds of teachers, are you noticing that there are characteristics that make certain educators more successful than others? You know, I think there's elements and features that that like you'll see across the board. Like when you meet people that are doing pretty cool things, I think it's that that open mindedness, um, the not afraid to fail. Like I'm I'm going to try this. And if it doesn't work, it's okay. I th- I'm now that I drink the agile Kool-Aid, I feel like teachers who are very agile can take those steps and pivot when needed. Like, okay, we, we want to try this. Let's see what happens. And, um, I think too, like that's easy, easier said than done. I think you, there's a lot of things that go along with that. Like you have to have leadership that support you, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, new things are scary and change is hard. And so it's kind of brave really for teachers to step outside of that and try something that's good for kids. And so, I don't know. I think that that's part of it. it, The characteristics I've seen anyway, I think too, it's almost like letting your ego go, you know, like, yes, it's your classroom, but we're all in this together. And so like, I'm not, if I mess up or if I need to ask for help, I'm going to do it. Like, I think just knowing that there's a greater goal is also sort of one of those things like we're trying to move the bar and we're going to move it a lot farther if we can move it together. So I don't know. Those are the things I see. I think that's good to mention about being willing to take a risk, but also being willing to change direction when necessary. And we can't be so married to Mm -hmm. a specific way of thinking or specific way of doing things because then we never take in the information and make the adjustments necessary, which is why we're kind of stuck in this problem in education because we just keep repeating because it's comfortable or it's easy or it's just always been done that way. So your mindset around change and how to be okay with change is good. My type A personality struggles with that. So it's good to hear you (laughs) encourage me to let it go. (laughs) Well, I mean, I think it's like, if it's working, great. Like there's no reason, like I know there's, there's also initiative fatigue, right? Like let's not, 
forget that. Like, yeah, like you can't do everything under the sun or then you're not going to do like anything. anything well. well. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I think like, let it be known. Like if you're doing something that is working and it's tried and true, there's a reason for that, <laughs> you know, keep those things. But like, if there is something, especially if students are are needing it or wanting it or advocating for it, you know, th- that's where it's like, okay, let's, let's get out of our comfort zone a little bit here to shake it up and, and meet the needs of our, our diverse learners. I think that's part of the challenge. It, it, you know, the challenge is we're all, you know, individuals. And so it's hard to meet the needs of every single individual. I think, and then part of it is just rooting out, like, what are those challenges? Like, cause some things are just not seen. Right. And I think that's where, I think the agile classroom approach about making learning visible is really powerful. Like we can root out misconceptions faster and we can totally. um, differentiate the experience quicker. When you look back at who you were in the beginning of your journey as an educator, maybe it goes all the way back to Costa Rica and teaching all those (laughs) grades and like, Hey, I have no training. So this is fun. But what specific (laughs) advice would you give your younger self now that you are, you know, so wise beyond your years? Oh gosh. And I'm not though. Like that's the reality (laughs) of like, Oh my gosh, I am not. I have so much to learn. I, I guess I would say, and this is for any younger educator, you know, like newbie noob, I I Mm -hmm. would say you know, don't be so hard on yourself. And sometimes, you know, if, if people kind of look down on you for trying something or like working hard, like sometimes that can move people's cheese, right? Like people are like, why are you working so hard? Like, <laughs> like they, they self-reflect or whatever. And like, it might rip, you know, rub some people the wrong way or, or it might like, I don't know. Sometimes there's that mentality of like a try hard or like, I don't know, which I think we need to get rid of. Like if people are working hard, good job. (laughs) um, I would just say, you know, you were hired to do this job and that's why they hired you. And so go with your guts on that. And, um, you know, don't, don't hold out. (laughs) Um, You've got the goods. Like, I feel like for the longest time, you know, it's like that doubt of like, I don't know, just like this, the value that you're contributing, like, is it enough? And am I meeting all the needs and the worry and the fear and all that? Like, I would say, let it go, let it go. And like, chase your passion, you know, follow your wild heart. And if you are doing, if you are where you are meant to be, like, it'll just fall into place. So like, just don't doubt yourself, I guess. Like it would be my advice. Like, don't go hard on yourself. You will make mistakes and that's okay. Totally. And who do you go to, to, for mentorship or advice? Cause you do such a great job of encouraging other people, but I know you need to get your cup filled. So is there a specific oh, yes. person or a group of people or like, you know, how do you go about getting filled? Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of, I feel weird. like I just read a book. So now I'm like really overanalyzing this. Sometimes I feel like I'm kind of an expansionist where I, I love to make connections and, and, and learn from new people. Um, so I, I, I will say there's an element of that, of like, you know, on this journey of like listening to people like new people. And I think that that's, that's been really good to get perspective and inspiration, right? Like, I think that can be exciting too, but yeah, there's been some steadfast folks in my life that I feel like without them, like I probably wouldn't be who I am today. And definitely I would say my parents, my, I have an old man, dad, <laughs> he's a, <laughs> I, I always say that because like everyone's like, how old is your dad? And, and like my dad's always like 20 years older than like people of my age. Oh, really? Wow. <laughs> yeah. He is 80 and totally rocking it. And Good for him. Um, he 
he is just so, I think he really is that relationship's first person in my life. Like he is really good at empath- empathy. And so I think that that's where I get that from a lot. And then my, my mother is incredibly organized and just kind of a doer. And so I think I got that from her like just those things. And so like, whenever I have a glitch in the matrix, I'm like, okay, here's the, situ- <laughs> here's the situation. Like, and they always calm me down. And like, I don't know, I feel like that that's really helped me with my professionalism and like how to navigate conflict or, or even politics. There's a lot of politics in the work. And so how do you navigate those things? Like going to them, I would say, so there's that. And then I would say my work, my work folk, like I love my AEA friends. I think we all are so passionate about what we do. And so having, um, we call it the authentic learning network, having people that are cheerleaders around the work, like we all believe in it. And so having that support network has been really great. And then um, lately I've been, you know, working really hard in the agile classroom space. So really learning a lot from John Miller. There's my shout out, John, if you're listening. (laughs) Um, He is a um, expert in sort of project management, agile scrum, agile enterprise I guess, work, if if you will. So he's like the industry standard, like t- he, he helps coaches like scrum masters and things like that. And so like, I, for me, I love learning about n- like almost like the non-educational space, like how do business and industry go about right. work, working together? And so I just feel like I have learned so much since that connection was made and, um, and, and really like working with agile classrooms and to teach teachers, some of this framework has been really great. And, um, it's opened up doors. Um, I'm talking to educators in Scotland, shout out Marnie. Wow. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Like, it's just, I don't know, like it's a fun network and it's a fun, like when you find people that are all passionate about the same thing, like, I don't know, that keeps me going. I don't, I don't know. I and I, you know, like Gretchen, I feel like let's let's be friends. Let's keep this conversation going. <laughs> Definitely. I feel like I'd have a lot to learn from you, you know, beyond just the podcast. Like I think people like you going out and cheerleading and telling stories, like I just love that. And I'm I want to be all about it and I want to be part of it. <laughs> we all need each other, right? Everyone has something to contribute. And what you're sharing is you have mentors for different aspects. And I think that's the misconception when people think I need one single person who's going to have all my answers for every problem I have. And it's just, that's not life. You know, you've got no. your parents who, who know you, but also have the educational background. And you mentioned specifics about their personalities that, you know, when you have a glitch and you need some help filling up there, but you also have professional colleagues who yep. uh, love your work and share your work and they get the struggle, but they get the celebration. And then you've got other people around the world, which is so cool. And people (laughs) who have come before you who are leaders in the field. And so I think that's the message for anyone listening is you get to create your mentor and find the people in the places where you need it most Mm -hmm. and be willing to ask the question and be vulnerable when you're saying, I need help with this, or I need to understand this or tell me more about this. And it is never a hit against you that you're not capable. It's actually the opposite. It shows how curious and how capable you are because you're willing to grow even more. Right. Yep. No, exactly. Well said. 
And so we're talking about growth here. So how do you stay current on, you know, what is best practice in the classroom and, um, oh, we need to shift things. This isn't quite working anymore. Are there articles you read or conferences you attend, or you just rely on your network to share research? You know, how do you go about learning and growing yourself? Yeah. Oh gosh. So many avenues for learning and growth. Um, You know, I think reading is always really good. I, when I get the chance, I have a five-year-old and (laughs) navigating things and finding time to read is, has been hard. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Um, But when I do have a chance to read, I think that, that, that has helped a lot. I am a big proponent of Sir Ken Robinson's work. So any of his, like if for anyone listening, like if you haven't read his books, like I feel like that is the Kool-Aid I drink. (laughs) Um, Like we all deserve to find our element and, you know, how do we bring back creativity? And like school is not a one size fits all thing, even though out of necessity, it's, we've kind of made it that way. You know, like how do we, how do we as educators be creative to like do that work? So I think all that, those are really good. I've been reading a lot of like project management books because I'm trying to find inspiration Like, what could we apply to um, school organization Mm -hmm. to to enhance that? So I've been reading about Kaizen, (laughs) which is interesting. And then Lean Lean Six Sigma, all these different um, approaches to organization and systems and quality. So I don't know. I Well, the verdict's not out just yet. I know that I love Agile Scrum. Like that's where, it's, <laughs> that's where it started. And so I'm still just reading more and more about, you know, the different frameworks and, and mindsets and how industry approaches their challenges. Because I feel like there's some parallel there with what we face in education. Um, and then recently, because I'm so hungry for more learning, um, I just signed up to uh, go back to school. I am going back to University of Iowa for my doctor in education. So we'll see. Yay, that is yeah. so exciting. It's weird to say that, but like, you know, hopefully all the educational debt is worth it. I think so, because again, yeah. it's going to be a way to affect change in a new way. I mean, and you're going to grow your PLN. You're going to meet more people. Yes. You're going to have more access to resources. Yes. Um, you're going to get hyper-focused on something specific to create change. And I think you're just going to geek out on it. So I think it's perfect. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Like I was like, I actually, like I asked the department, I'm like, can I take graduate level business classes as part of this? Cause like, I'm trying to I don't know. I just want to merge the worlds and see what happens. What'd they say? They said, yeah, but they said, I, they said, they said, I can't do it the first semester. I have to do some of the uh, preliminary. Basics, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm like, rip roaring. Can I take this class? <laughs> but see, they yeah. were willing to work with yeah. you because you asked like, what's, mm-hmm. what does it hurt to ask? And now yes. you're getting served in a way that yes. you, you know so, what, that yeah. right there is advice for all. Like, don't be afraid to ask. Like you, it, the worst they're going to say is no. And that's where you were before you asked. <laughs> True. Yeah. yeah, no, that's a good lesson. Um, okay. Well, I want to be respectful of your time, but there's one question that I always like to ask everybody uh, because this is something everyone battles and I don't want to lose any more great educators to other fields. I want them to find other roles in education that serve them where they can serve others. And so I want to know when you are down and out, how do you reignite that passion and the potential you have as an educator? For me, it's, it's being of service. I think helping, helping others is what refills my cup. And so if I can help people solve 
whatever the, whatever the problem is, or even if it's literally like to help others in that same state of like burnout or like they need to mix it up. I want to go and be that cheerleader because I think that that, that keeps me grounded. If that makes sense, there's plenty of work to do and we all, we all can contribute to the greater good and ultimately move bars for students. And so I think if you're getting kind of, if you're getting stuck or you're or burnt out, then mix it up. Like it's okay to pivot. It's okay to try something new or reach out to new people. Sometimes it's just mm-hmm. getting new perspective that can make, can make all the difference. So I think, I think that's where, you know, what I do when I am in that, in that state of mind. So yeah, I think just keep, keep moving, move forward. Well, on behalf of elite educators everywhere, we are so thankful to hear your story and your journey and your pieces of advice. So tell us if we want to keep learning from you and stay connected, where would we go? Tell us your platforms or your website. Tell us about agile classrooms. Give us all the details. Yeah. Um, well, my Twitter handle is at Mrs. Williams 21 C. I, I guess if you want to learn more about agile classrooms, we have a class coming up um, in July. So if you go to agileclassrooms.com forward slash live, then you'll find the, the, the most recent class that you can register, register for. And then my personal consulting page is www.authenticlearningalliance.org. And so my information's there and you can reach out or email, um, if you want to connect or, or chat through some of these things. But yeah, I think that's probably the best way to get a hold of me is probably just tw- honestly, I've gotten so many connections through Twitter and it's just mm-hmm. easy for a direct message. But, um, if you want to email me, it's Laura at authentic And I would be happy to connect. We are so thankful for you. I think you've empowered us again to stay the course, take, take risks, you know, don't be afraid to make mistakes pivot when you need to trust your gut, ask questions. I mean, you gave us so many gems today. So thank you so much, Laura. (laughs) Thank you for having me, Gretchen. Well, wasn't that an empowering message from Laura? I mean, you just have to have her in your life. You are so thankful she's in your corner. She's fighting for your kids and your colleagues, yourself. She is a force to be reckoned with. And I want you and need you to connect with her. You got to follow her journey. I want her as part of your PLN, okay? Go to alwayslesson.com, click on podcast, you'll find this episode and all the details will be there for you to find and connect with Laura. Alrighty, Elite Educators, that's a wrap for this week's special edition interview podcast with Laura Williams. Now go out and be great because you've just been empowered.